Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Are you ready for a word fellowship? If you're ready for a word, just shout, I'm ready. All right, turn your Bibles to Psalms 105, verse number 16. And let's do it from the New Living Translation this morning. And I've got something that I want to drop. I know you guys have just finished up a wonderful sermon series. And so I'm excited about what God has given us to say this morning. And while you're doing that, I want to thank God for my boo being here with me. Can you give it up for my wife, Amberly? Come on, let's give it up for her. Thank you, baby. I'm excited. All right, are you ready? You got that scripture. It's on the screen if you do not. Psalms 105. Verse number 16, he, speaking of God, called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, somebody needs to hear this, the Lord tested Joseph's character. He did not test his gift. Somebody shout, he tested his character. Then Pharaoh sent for him after he passed the test and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's households. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisors. I want to preach from this subject today, surviving setbacks. Before you sit down, just look at somebody and tell them, I will survive. Playing that, Marcus. God, we thank you for this experience. We thank you for what we're getting ready to hear from you today. God, I declare that somebody needs something and they're going to get it in this room today. We declare that chains will be broken, lives will be set free. Satan, you have no power, you have no authority, you have no victory in this place. The will of God shall be done. We declare that somebody is going to survive everything that they've been up against. We declare today that they will receive the spirit of the overcomer. They will accomplish and achieve everything that God has set out over them to do. It is so now in Jesus' name. Amen. Put those hands together and take your seats if you believe that. Thank you, Marcus. Surviving setbacks. Recently, I read about the habits of the most successful people in the world. This were people who were not just successful in business, but sports, entertainment, politics, you name it. Some of the most successful people in the world, I read about what made them successful, the habits, the consistent things that they did. And on this particular list, there were many things on this list, but one thing that was a consistent theme amongst all of them is that the most successful people in the world never stop learning. They never stop learning. They don't believe that they've ever reached a place where now because of what I have accomplished, I have arrived and now I can stop. Successful people never stop learning. They study the successes of those who have excelled in the area that they're in. But they don't just study the successes, they also study the failures. You think you need to dismiss all the failures in your life, but some of the failures you might need to bring closer. So you can make sure that you don't have the same traits as that individual. So they study the successes and they study the failures. See, th th there's the understanding that experience is in fact the best teacher. But it does not have to be only your experience that you learn from. 
Is there anybody in the room that can say, I've made enough mistakes and I've done enough things, even right. But now in this season of my life, I have to look at some other people to understand what it is that God wants to release in my life. And so it's with that understanding that we recognize that if you want to be successful, you have to study other people. And when I consider who it is that we should study as it relates to overcoming and surviving against all odds, surviving the setbacks, certainly there's perhaps no greater man other than Jesus that I could bring to you today than Joseph. See, Joseph, he constantly found his life under pressure. He constantly found himself under attack, but Joseph never allowed that to stop him from fulfilling the dream that was in his heart. See, see, here's what Joseph understood. Setbacks are a part of our journey, but they are not the end of our journey. I wonder how many of us need to hear that today because sometimes we can find ourselves dealing with setbacks, dealing with challenges, and we consider that maybe because of what I'm experiencing, then certainly this is not for me. But you must understand that setbacks are a part of the journey. They are not the end of the journey. Just look at somebody and tell them it's all a part of the plan. If you've ever watched a movie, I'm looking forward to seeing us today. And if you've ever seen any type of movie, you understand that what makes the movie interesting is the tension, the conflict, the challenge. I I don't want to watch a movie if from the beginning to the very end, everything is okay. There has to be some type of tension. There has to be some type of conflict. There has to be something that challenges what we think we know about the main character and you have to understand that God is using the tension and the conflict to make your life interesting. Somebody ought to shout it's interesting. It's interesting. It it may not feel interesting. It may not feel good but God uses those setbacks. The things that you're praying against. God said it's not against you. It's for you. I've sent this in your life so that you could test and grow in the areas that are necessary to fulfill your dreams it's interesting fellowship that what invited conflict in Joseph's life was not his sin what invited conflict and setbacks in Joseph's life was not a generational curse what invited the struggles that Joseph experienced was not his past successes or failures What invited the conflict in Joseph's life was his dream. See, some of you have to understand that your dream may not be the end of struggle. It may be the initiation of it. Because if you could have this type of dream, then certainly God has to use something in your life that will cause you to manifest what he's put in your heart. See, Joseph's setbacks were not in spite of his dream. They were as a result of his dream. And and I came to talk to somebody in the room today that there's something that God has placed in your heart. He's placed it deep down in your spirit and you find yourself now dealing with challenges and struggles. Am I in the room today? Is there anybody other than me and Joseph that knows what it feels like to have challenges and to have struggles in your life and you can't seem to trace God where is this coming from God why is this happening to me God why do I find all of these things going on in my life but the reason why God has allowed this to happen in your life is because the dream that he's placed in your life any mothers in the room can tell you that whenever you became pregnant things inside of you started to change there were some pains that you experienced that did not you didn't experience before you were pregnant. Yeah. There were some challenges that you had to go through that you did not go through before you were pregnant. But because it was all a part of the process of growing what was on the inside of you, it was not about what you had outside of you. And some of you have to understand that the reason why God is allowing your life to be met with such conflict and tension is because God 
God is not concerned about what's outside of you. God is concerned about what's inside of you. And if you can make it through the challenge and the struggle and the strain and the pull of everything that is outside of your life, then certainly you can make it through what God has placed on the inside of your life. You have to understand that God is using this thing for your good. It's interesting that sometimes the very things that we think are slowing us down are the things that God is using to speed us up. You thought this was stopping and stalling your destiny, but in fact, the, the opposite is true. God is using this very thing to speed you up and to allow you to step into the destiny that is on your life. So now let's talk about this. Joseph Fellowship has a dream. And Joseph has a dream. And he goes to his family and he tells his family this dream. What's interesting is his family did not confirm or validate the dream that God gave him. I want you to understand something that people's response to your dream is not always a measure of the greatness of your dream. Sometimes it's about their place in your dream. You cannot allow people who don't like their place in your dream to discredit the greatness of your dream. How many of us have shared something with other people thinking that they would be as excited as I am about this very thing only to find out that they look at you and almost make you feel like you had a nightmare and not a dream? The reason why that is so, Fellowship Church, is not because they don't believe that it's on your life, but they cannot see their place in it because they have not dared to believe God for their own life so why in the world would you trust them with your life you have to understand that it is not the measure of the greatness of what God has placed on the inside of me and I came to free about five people in the room who you've been praying and you've been questioning God based on the response from people who don't even understand the weight or the measure or the magnitude of your dream they just simply can't see their place in it but I love this if you're taking notes write this down Joseph did not allow a lack of a team to cause the loss of his dream how many of us allow no team no people no support no resources to cause us to lose the dream that God has placed on the inside of us. This, hear me well, this is not inspirational. This is not cliche. This is biblical. Yes, there are times when God will put something in your heart and nobody or nothing around you agrees what's on the inside of you. But you cannot allow the lack of something to lead to the loss of the dream because what God put on the inside inside of you was designed to change what's outside of you but we get it wrong and we allow what's on the outside of us to change what God placed on the inside of us but somebody ought to say I'm leaving here today with a determination that I will not allow lack to lead to loss see you have allowed lack to lead to loss and now you don't find yourself succeeding and accomplishing what God has placed on your life but where are the five people that are came for that can lift your hands and say I'm getting free right here in this moment because I will not allow lack of a team to lead to the loss of my dream and so here it is Joseph has no team but he still has a dream I hear the great Dr. Martin Luther King saying I have a dream nothing around me suggests that I should have it but somebody just shout, I have a dream. And I came to wake somebody up today to tell you that you too can still have that dream. What God has placed on the inside of you. I came, I'm stopping right here. I've got a long ways to go, but I want somebody to be reminded that God still gave it to you. He did not make a mistake when he spoke into your life. He did not mix up who he was talking to when he was looking. No, he looked directly into your life. He saw everything about you and he still placed the thing 
thank you. The dream on the inside of you. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and thank God for the fact that I have a dream. And so here it is, fellowship. Joseph has a dream. And because of this dream, now he gets thrown into the pit. Joseph gets thrown into the pit. And here it is, God, I have a dream. But now I find myself in the pit. Here's what God told me to tell you. Don't get so caught up in what's happening to you that you don't see what's happening for you. Some of us try to make sense of certain things that let me give you a secret, it'll never make sense. God does not want us to make sense of it. He wants us to make use of it. Instead of trying to make sense of the situation that I find myself in, the truth is I'm in the pit. So instead of trying to make sense, I need to make use so that now I can get out of the pit and figure out where it is God intended me to go. See, see, as long as we are looking, trying to figure out how does this make sense? How do I get from here to there? You'll never be able to make it. But the moment something on the inside of you flips and changes your perspective, from trying to make sense of something to trying to make use of it, you will always be stuck in the pit. All right. Go on, I, I drive quite a bit. I, I, I'm a consultant and I drive throughout the city of Charlotte for my job. I go into the office in the mornings and in the afternoons I go to meet my clients. And I have a pretty good handle on Charlotte. I've lived in Charlotte really since 2011. I took a quick break and then I moved back. So I know Charlotte pretty well. And so I pretty much know where I'm going when I'm going to meet with certain people. But you know how it is, even though you know where you're going, you still want to put it in your GPS just to make sure that I, I don't go the wrong way. So I, I remember recently I was traveling and I put it in my GPS and everything was going well. And I'm driving and I'm driving and then suddenly it tells me to take an exit. Mind you, I know which exit to take I just don't know where to go after I take the exit. It's telling me to take an exit, and I'm saying to myself, this is not right. I'm not going to take this exit. I know where I'm going. So I skip the exit that it tells me to take only to get to the exit that I know, and you know the rest of the story. I found myself, maybe not in Winston-Salem, but in Charlotte, stuck in traffic. Amen. There is a thing called traffic. I was driving through Winston, I said, this is wonderful. You go to Charlotte, you will be stuck in some traffic. So I find myself stuck in traffic, and now I'm stuck. I'm stopped. I'm waiting longer. Watch this. Because I decided to go the way that I thought I knew rather than trusting the directions of the GPS. Because it did not match the idea that I had in my head, I ignored the instruction that was on my phone. And when I could have been there, I found myself late having to reschedule the appointment that I was on time for in the first place. If I would have, I'm trying, thank you, stuck to the GPS. And some of you in the room today, God says you find yourself stuck in this traffic in your life simply because you have chosen to ignore the instructions and the directions that I have given you. Can you prophesy to your neighbor and tell them what Siri sometimes tell me? You're still on the fastest route. I know it doesn't look good. I know I think I know where I'm going. This cannot be the exit that God has for my life but God sent me here to tell somebody in the room today that even though it does not match your idea it matches your destination and so you're still on the fastest route I feel like preaching don't play with me I didn't come to play with you today I came to wake somebody up and get you into a place where you will trust the word and the wisdom of God that even though this does not match my idea even though I never thought I'd be here God so to tell you you're still on the fastest route. I wonder can you stand on your feet right there and give God a worship because you're still on the fastest route. Somebody shout, I'm still on the fastest route. I feel a preach right there. I'm still there. I may have been stopped. I may have been stuck in other places. 
would ever take this road but God sent me here to tell somebody in fellowship that I'm still on the fastest route I feel God right there I feel something stirring up somebody shout I'm still on the fastest route somebody go get Bobby I might need the drums in a moment I'm still on the fastest route. He's good. I understand when you're playing. You got to take a break. Amen. Be seated, please. You'll be back up, I promise. So here it is. Somebody needed to know that. It's not the GPS. <laughs> it's God. Somebody shout, it's God. It's not a mistake. It's God. It's, it's not what I've done. It's not who I've been or didn't go with. It's not the plans that I thought would work. It's God. Somebody ought to worship. You're still on the fastest route. So here it is. Come on, y'all. We're still in the pit. We got to get to the palace. We're still in the pit. We're going to the palace. Here it is now. Joseph finds himself thrown, thank you, baby, in the pit. Now, he gets in the pit, and now he's sold into slavery. All right? And so here it is now. The dream that Joseph had was that he would be, I didn't tell you the dream. I'm so sorry. The dream was that he would be standing over his brothers. And Joseph went and told them the dream. God gave me a dream. I'm going to be standing. My brothers will be bowing. I don't know why he thought they wanted to hear that, but okay. You come to me telling you that, I might look at you funny too. Let's be real. You come telling me you're going to be standing. I say, I must be on a ladder if you're going to be standing, all right? And so here it is. He goes to them and he says, I'm going to be standing. You're going to be bowing, all right? But what I can't make sense of is the dream is that he'd be standing and he'd be bowing. But Joseph is on his way to Egypt and his brothers are in his father's house. So how is it that I'll be standing and you'll be bowing if we're not in the same proximity? How will I be standing and you'll be bowing if I'm nowhere near you? God spoke to me and this is gonna make sense for somebody in the room today. Joseph had to go in a different direction because he was gonna be placed in a different position. He could not stay close to his brothers and the people that he saw because in order to manifest what was on the inside of him, he had to, at a certain point, go in a different direction because his life was going to be in a different position. And I came for the people that can keep it real and you're comparing your life to what you see on the gram, what you feel from your family members and people that are around you. But why do you expect your life to go in the same direction if God is trying to put you in a different position. I cannot judge where God has taken me based on the life of people who are not going to be in the same position. I'm going in a different direction because my life is going to put me in a different position. I cannot be stuck, stagnant, wondering, God, why am I not near them if what I put on you was always going to separate you from them? And it does not mean that they're leaving your life. It just simply means that they can still be in your life, but they cannot have your life. And some of you are trying to cut people off that are supposed to stay. It doesn't mean I can't be close to you, but it must mean that my role in your life has to be different than your role in my life. And so I'm going in a different direction because I'm supposed to be in a different position. And so watch this. He goes to Egypt. He leaves his father's house. Now this is interesting because his father's house is where God gave him the dream. But Potiphar's house is where he had to go to manifest the dream. Things are not always revealed and fulfilled in the same place. And some of us are missing God because I think the place that he gave it to me is the place where I'm supposed to manifest. But you have to understand that if you are going to fulfill what God has revealed, it might mean I have to go into a different place that maybe is unfamiliar to me. And I want to ask you a question. Why would I want to stay in the place that is familiar if I'm believing God for what's unfamiliar? Why would I stay around in the same situations in my life expecting God to produce? 
produce a different result. I don't need Bible. I need Webster. That's the definition of insanity, doing the same things over and over, expecting a different result. And some of us are asking God to do something different in our life, but we're not willing to go somewhere different to see it happen. You have to understand that I thank God for my father's house where he gave me the dream. I thank God for the place that I was in when he spoke to my spirit. But you have to understand that if you are going to manifest what God has given you, it might mean at some point in another, I'm going to have to leave and go to a different place than where he gave it to me. Any architect can tell you that we draw up the plans in our office, but we build it on the land. And some of you want God to build it in the office, but he said, I've assigned land to where this is supposed to go. And you cannot stay stuck in the same place where the plans have been drawn. And so here it is. I'm almost done. We in Potiphar's house. Now, God spoke to me and he showed me a few things. Not only did he have to take him there to reveal it, but watch this. This is something that God spoke to me and this thing really blessed me. He took him to Potiphar's house away from his father's house. His father's house, his father himself, represented the place his father had the desire, somebody shout desire, desire. for that dream to come true. But Potiphar's house represents the place, watch, say decisions, where decisions could be made where the dream could come true. Some of us want to stay stuck around people that have desires, but God said if it's going to happen, you got to be near people who can make decisions. He had to leave his father's house because his father had no access to Pharaoh. He had to leave his father's house because his father had no access to the kingdom. And I thank you, my father. I thank you, my friends. I thank you, my family, for having desire. But you have to understand that in some point in your life, God will have to take you into a season where I may not be around people that have desires but I'm around some people that can make decisions and the question then becomes how will you take advantage of being near people that can make decisions because some of us can never get there because we stay around people that hype us up who say I want to see you do it I want to see you better but you'll never leave and go to the school you'll never leave and start the business you'll never leave and make the investment because you're stuck around people with desires but they don't have the ability to make decisions and it doesn't make them bad because they can't make the decision keep the desires stay in my corner but at some point I'm going to have to be in a place where decisions can be made and so now Joseph is in the place everybody shout decision he's in the place of decision and he's in the place of decision in a system that was not designed for him. He's in bondage. He's a slave. He's not an employee. He's a slave. He's a slave. He's working. And even though Joseph was in chains, he had more freedom and more ability in chains than he had when he was free back home. What that means is that God will allow you even in limited seasons to have unlimited productivity. If you're able to tap into what God has placed on the inside of you, that even the restrictions and the limits that have been placed on you by man, they cannot contain what God has placed on the inside of you. Somebody needs to hear this because you're looking at all the limited things that are in your life, but the one thing that is unlimited that is on the inside of you is what God has placed there and you've got to make a decision in the place of decision that I will not be stuck in the limited confines of what my situation is but I'm going to tap into what God has placed on the inside of me to break the chains to defy the odds to push the limits that have been placed on, on me so I can produce what's on the inside of me so here it is, Joseph is in a limited place. And I realize some of you will be quiet there because none of us like limits. 
But sometimes God has to place limits on you so you can know what's in you. Because if I tell you to just go, you won't even know how to do it. But if I put a limit on you, I can test and work the creativity that's on the inside of you to see just how good you can make it. Can I tell you something? I thank God for the wisdom and the resources and all the great things out there that are available for managing money. I believe you should take advantage of all of those things. But what has also taught me how I'm going to manage my wealth is the seasons of creativity that I had when I was broke. Anybody you ever been there? I learned how to stretch and make things work when I had little. So certainly when God gives me much, I will have the creativity to be able to make that multiply because I've already done it before. Somebody ought to look at your neighbor and tell them, I've done this before. I've been here before. So I will know how to multiply. All right. I've been in Potiphar's house too long. All right. Potiphar's house. Notice something. Joseph is in there and he's accelerating. He's successful. He's working because favor was on Joseph. It was not on his destination. And some of us are asking God to elevate me to a new level. Make me get into a new place. Give me a new idea. Give me a new relationship. Give me a new job. But you have to understand that favor is not attached to the destination. Favor is attached to you. And until I tap into the favor that is attached to my life, I will never, no matter how high I get elevated, I will never be all that God made me to be because I did not tap into the favor that was on my life. And can I tell you something? To every new level that's in your life there is an enemy and an opposition that you will have to face and if you could not face the opposition of that level then you're not ready to graduate and make it to the next one you cannot be passed to the next grade level if you have not passed the exams that were assigned to the one you're on how many of us are asking God to advance us but you're failing the exams I'm failing every test. I'm failing every exam. I'm not turning in any of the assignments, but yet I'm expecting to be advanced. God says, until you learn how to operate on the level that you're on, I would do you a disservice to give you a new level because I'll give you that and you'll still find out that I cannot handle it. I'll give you that and you'll find out what happens when the thing that you prayed for that you thought was a blessing becomes a burden because I didn't manage the level that I was on. Favor was on Joseph. It was not on his destination. I've got 10 minutes. So watch this. It was on, his, on him and not his destination. Everything's going well. And then suddenly, here comes the plot twist. Life is going well. You ever been there where it seems like I'm in a good season now? I, I've gone through some things. And I find myself now settling into what I think is my new normal. I'm settling into what is now my new reality. And it seems like right when I get settled, it's almost like when you find yourself getting into that good place of sleep, and then your wife wakes, I'm sorry, and then something happens, (laughs) and it wakes you up. Like, I was almost there. And now, y'all don't know what that's like. Anyway, I'm almost there, and something wakes me up. And that's what happens in the life of Joseph. But God made that make sense to me. He had to cause things to go bad in Potiphar's house because Joseph found himself settling into Potiphar's dream, not his dream. And some of you, God is saying you're settling into the dreams of those around you and it looks good to them, but that's not the dream that I gave you. And as long as you are settling into other people's dreams for your life, it doesn't matter how good things may be, they still won't be the best they can be because you're settling into the dreams of my family. I'm settling into the dreams of my spouse. I'm settling into the dreams of my church and my community. But you have to understand that God does not want you to settle into other people's dreams. God wants you to settle into the dream that he has assigned to your life. It may look good to be in charge of everything in Potiphar's house, but 
God wants me to be in charge of everything in my house. No longer can I stay connected to other people's dreams. It doesn't mean I don't serve other people. It doesn't mean I don't help other people. But it simply means that I should never do it at the expense of what God put on my life. And so he had to do this. He had to not just end it. But he had to burn that bridge completely. Because if that bridge did not get burnt, he would have never left. Some of you, there are people in your life, you're trying to figure out why did this happen this way? Because God knew that you would never leave, so he had to give you no other option but to leave. And so he comes against Joseph, and he puts an accusation against Joseph that Joseph cannot recover from. And he gets thrown into prison. Now what's interesting though, is now we go from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison. I'm almost done, seven minutes. And now he's in prison. But Joseph was not in an ordinary prison. The Bible is a book of details. You have to read between the lines. And he was in the prison of the palace of the captain of the guard. This was no ordinary prison fellowship. This was not the prison that you see on television. This is not the prison that you hear all the worst horror stories about. No, this was the prison that was attached to the people that worked in Pharaoh's palace. Okay, this is the prison that is attached to the people that worked for Pharaoh. So my question then becomes, if this is the prison for the people that worked for Pharaoh, then how did Joseph get there and he worked for Potiphar? See, God has a strange way of even connecting the dots and putting you in places, even in my struggle. It may make me feel like I'm further away, but in fact, you're actually closer than you think. God allowed Joseph not to go into the prison that was even assigned to him, but favor was on him even when he went to his struggle, so much so that God put him in a place that even in his struggle, he should not have been on. And I want to let somebody know in the room, I may struggle, I may go through things, but God is releasing an anointing that even when you struggle, it won't be like everybody else's struggle. Even when I go through, God will give you a grace to make it through that place and that season that does not look like something other people saw. All right, so Joseph is in the prison now of Pharaoh's people. I left Potiphar and it looked like I was being cast down, but in reality, I'm being elevated. Look at somebody and tell them, you're being elevated. All right, so now he's in prison. He gives the ability now to interpret a dream. The butler came to him, Joseph, I have a dream. Joseph says, what is the dream? He gives him the dream, all right? Three days you're going to be released and elevated back to your position with Pharaoh, okay? Watch this. The man gets released. He gets to Pharaoh's palace. Three days later, he says, remember me when you get there. Three days later, the man forgot. Now, how in the world can you allow me to loan you money, you get paid next week, oh, I'm sorry, and you don't remember that you owe, how in the world can I help you out, and then when you get where you need to go, all of a sudden you forgot that it was me that helped you out. But here's what I love about God. Even though the butler forgot about him, God never forgot about him. And I want to let you know that yes, there may be even some people that you have helped, that you have loved, that you have pushed back into the place that is on their life and it seems like they forgot but I was not serving them I was serving God so even when they forgot watch what happens God creates a problem that only Joseph can solve that's why I'm not fighting you for your purpose that's why I'm not jealous of your opportunity because God has a way of allowing me to be able to do what is necessary for me there is an assignment that is on everybody's in this room and as long as I stay committed to what's in my lane I'm not trying to drive in your lane I'm not trying to control your vehicle can I tell you something that changed my life I thought about the fact I was told a story about a whole bunch of sailors being on the water and none of the sailors were competing with each other none of the sailors were mad with each other they had different levels and sizes of boats they all had precious cargo on their boats 
they all had somewhere to go but they did not fight each other here's why because they realized that none of the other boats were stealing the wind that was assigned to their boat and I want to let you know something nobody is stealing your wind there is wind lift your hands and receive it that is assigned to the boat of the destiny and the purpose that is on your life and there is no one that is capable of stealing the wind that is assigned to your boat alright this is the last part Joseph finally gets before Pharaoh now watch this when we int we're introduced to Joseph Joseph has a dream when Joseph finally gets before Pharaoh, he's now able to interpret dreams. But he did not learn how to interpret dreams until he found himself in the prison. God uses the problems to develop the purpose that's on the inside of us. Because when Pharaoh needed him, watch this, Pharaoh did not need a dreamer. He needed somebody that could interpret dreams. And the only way I could learn how to interpret this is until I was placed in situations that required it. And you have to understand that God will even use those low places in your life to develop the skill that is necessary so that you can thrive and succeed when everything comes together and when it all makes sense. So Joseph, watch this. He interprets the dream. Okay? Pharaoh says, you know what this dream means, so then why don't you manage it? I want you to know something. God is not only going to allow your dreams to come true, but God has given you what is necessary to manage it. No more wasted seasons. Lift your hands and receive this. This is powerful. No more wasted moments. Some of us have stepped into opportunities that have been wasted. Some of us have stepped into moments that we thought we knew. We thought I could handle it. Only to find yourself stepping into this season, wasting the moment and the season that God has for you. But I want you to know something that God is saying. When I'm finished with everything that you have gone through, not only will I give you the knowledge and the wisdom to get out, but I'm going to give you the knowledge and the wisdom to stay out. No more repeating the same cycles. No more of going through the same pace no more of going through the same phase no more of going in and out and in and out no more of coming to the altar and going back to my seat finding myself in the same place in life God is saying I'm going to anoint you to stay out give me something Marcus because somebody needs to recognize that God is not freeing you just for a season but God wants to free you for the rest of your life because this is not just about your life. This is about the legacy that's on the inside of you. He did not free Joseph for Joseph to be free, but he freed Joseph for Joseph to free generations. Keep playing softly, Marcus. Everybody standing. Put on the screen Psalm 105, verse number 17. This is the last point. Psalm 105, verse number 17. Look at somebody and tell them it's getting ready to add it up. Verse number 17. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them. Joseph. He sent someone ahead of them to Egypt. Joseph who was sold as a slave. Being sold was the method, but being sent is the reason. The key to recognizing setbacks, I only have one bullet point. The key to surviving setbacks is recognizing what it really means. Joseph was not set back. In reality, he was set up. Setbacks can look one way, but the key to surviving setbacks is recognizing setbacks. Joseph was not set back. 
he was set up. And I want somebody to know in this room today, the very thing that you think has set you back is the very thing that God is using to set you up. This is not a cliche. This is Bible. Joseph was sent. His family thought we're selling him. But God sent him. He sent him ahead of them to solve a problem that they didn't even think they knew they would have. I want to let somebody know today that you are not being set back. You're really being set up. God is using this moment in your life as a setup. Lift your hands right there. You think I've been set back. You think I've been pushed back. But the reality is God is not using this as a setback. He's using this as a set up. I am setting you up for the purpose and the dream that is in your life to be fulfilled. I am setting you up so that you can change the trajectory of your family. I'm setting you up so that you can enter into a new normal. I'm setting you up so that you can enter into a new place. Lift those hands all over the room. I, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to single anybody out today because I believe that all of us have setbacks that come in our life. But the difference between those of us who survive and, so, and those of us who die in it is not how good we are. It's what we're able to recognize. How I label this determines how I live through this. This is a setup. Look at somebody and tell them, this is a setup. It is not a setback, Fellowship Church. It is a setup. I want to pray. Play softly moving forward, please. Because God says your season of stagnation is over. I'm going to allow you now to move forward. Forward momentum. Forward progress. You've been stuck. You've been still. But now the light bulb is on. And you recognize what this moment represents. And now you're going to walk in it. Lift those hands. Dear God, we thank you for where we find ourselves now. We've lived, we've experienced, and now it all makes sense for us. What the devil, we thought he was doing, was really, it was you. What we thought was working against us is really what you're using to work for us. The very thing that we thought was destroying us is the very thing that you're using to display us. The very thing that we thought was the end of us is really the beginning of you. God, we lift our hands now and we surrender our will. We surrender our plans. We surrender what we thought we know about where our life is headed. And we submit to your authority. Come on, live, give it up now. Some of you, you've been operating in your own strength and your own authority. But God says, I need you to submit right now. I need you to give it up. What you thought you were in control of, let me be in control of. The way you thought you were going, let me show you another way. God, we acknowledge that this plan did not come from us. This is not our dream. This is your dream. We did not have the capacity to place this in our hearts and in our minds. We did not have the ingenuity and the ability to place this dream before us. So we dare not try to take control of what did not come from us. We surrender our wills and we submit to your will. Somebody open up your mouth and just out Lord I surrender to my will and I submit to your will 
God, we acknowledge this right now as a setup. I pray that you would touch their vision and their ability to see that they will not misjudge the season that they're in. I pray that you would do for them what you did for the servant that was with the prophet. Open their eyes to see that they that be with us is more than they that be with them. I may be surrounded by a problem, but you're the God that surrounds my problem. I may be surrounded by issues, but I'm really surrounded by you. What looks like a setback is really a set up. I am not going to be stuck in the same place anymore, but I'm using the thing that I thought was using me. I'm using the place that I thought was using me. I'm using the people that you've placed in my life that I thought were using me. I surrender and I submit to your authority and I declare that I'm not being set back, but God, I'm being set up for a come up. I'm being set up for the reason why you placed me here. It's all making sense. I can see clearly the rain is gone. I wipe the tears away and I see your plan and your purpose. I wipe away my emotions and I come to you, God, recognizing that this is your plan all along. So, God, I'm moving forward. Somebody shout forward. I'm not stuck anymore. I'm not still anymore. But somebody shout forward. I will not stay in places and seasons that have expired. But somebody shout forward. I will survive. Somebody shout, I will survive. Because I recognize what this is. I know what this is. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices, but we have wisdom. We have power. We have love. And we have a sound mind. So put those hands together and bless God right there. Because I'm surviving the thing that thought it would survive me. Yes, Lord. I'm surviving the season that thought it would survive me. I'm surviving the place that thought it would survive me. The obituary is being rewritten. You are surviving the thing that thought it would survive you. I tell somebody to lift your hands and thank God. I'm surviving it. It will not survive me. Now I tell you to lift your hands and worship right there because I will survive. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.